Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're having fun in the studio. I got John Gaderos and a co-host extraordinaire, Dylan Williams. So it's been a while, folks. We've been out experiencing life, doing a little bit of hunting. We're going to talk about that today. So we haven't done one of these in two or three months. Taking a little break. It's been a while. Feels it's, good to be back, though, doesn't it? It's great to be back. It's 5.25 a.m., uh, John wanted to get started at 4.45 this morning. Yeah, just like those early days. Yeah, especially on his day off, yeah. you know. And Dylan's been working nights, so he came straight from work to here. Yeah, nothing I like to do more. Work <laughs> 10 hours in the cold and come here and sit in an office. It's a commitment. Yeah. It's good for your physical health. Yeah, you know? committed to the brand. Yeah. That's what I do. I don't like to sleep. Yeah, I This is how you it. ground yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's your That's form of point. grounding. That is a good point. Um, and then after we finish, we're going to go out and try to pursue our Willamette tag. So he, Dylan and I have this Willamette tag. You've hunted it how many times? Since we've been back. I've hunted the Willamette tag once with you. And we saw a lot of game. ton. ton of sign. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of um, deer trails, but no droppings. <laughs> No, it was so weird, man. I have never been so concerned for wildlife than that moment in time. And I told Dylan, I was like, maybe there's rodents or something eating it or ducks. What do you think about that theory, John? There's either a lot of rodents or not a lot of deer. Yeah, I think you're yeah. the second one. You might have nailed it. I did see one doe in that same area one day. But John, so that's a ton. That John deer. and I went out with his wife, Jordan, with the Willamette tag uh, before we went over east, and we saw three bucks that day. Yeah. And I just couldn't close the distance. The first one was right out my window. Yeah, they're the just too big. Too big to shoot. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to mess with a deer right before going over east, you know? I wanted to, And this Willamette tag goes all the way to February, so it's there's not a lot of pressure. Yeah, you got a lot of time, but I feel like... It's a ton if, of private ground. Yeah, and you have, with the limited access, and if you miss the prime time, it becomes pretty difficult, I feel like. Agreed. And, you know, once the bucks drop their antlers, then it's a little more difficult, too. Yeah. I mean, we can shoot a doe or a buck, but, yeah, um, you know, I don't want to shoot an antlerless buck, I don't think. <laughs> it's not a yeah. goal. Not a goal I have, really. No, and I could go without shooting a doe as well. Yeah. Um, Although I did harvest a roadkill doe and she is delicious. Yeah. And I'm glad you did that because that's a great story as well. <laughs> it's a great story in its own. So um, in Oregon, they did, you know, allow us to salvage roadkill. I hadn't done it. And we were elk hunting archery season and we were going in and out of this area. And so I knew she had been hit in the night on the road. But she was kind of blown up. I mean, you could tell, like not bloated, but you could tell she had gotten kind of messed up inside. And so we quartered her from the outside and took the back straps and the, the four quarters. So yeah. I almost just lost it right there. I almost sneezed or coughed or whatever. I don't know what it was, but it almost lost. I, but anyways, about your dough, I did want to ask, um, was there any second thought to it? Well, I'll tell you now, uh, I wouldn't do it again because I feel like we've had enough hunting success that I don't necessarily have to harvest off the road unless I saw it killed. 
Like it was freshly killed in front of me. But there's just something, even though I knew it was relatively fresh and it was a cold night and I knew it died sometime in the night um, and it was definitely not rigor mortis or anything. Um, so it was f- relatively fresh and it tastes really good. But there's just something about it. Like every time I eat it, I'm like, I don't know about this, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I don't, and even while we were doing it, so my brother and my other cousin, Dylan, they didn't want to do it necessarily. And we cut it up right on the main highway because that's where it was. And we were on our way back and everyone leaving sisters called us in. So we had a Deschutes (laughs) County uh, sheriff come check. Hey boys, we hear you're harvesting a doe. I'm like, yeah, just picking up a roadkill. And I showed him the permit that that I was filling it out and everything. So it was no big deal. But yeah, we did it in a very visible place. So the rule you have in, to, though. Well, the rule in Oregon is you can take whatever amount of meat you want to take off the animal. You have to pull it from the roadside. So it just has to be away from the road. Um, you have to remove the head and you have to turn the head in um, as soon as you're able to do so at a Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife location. So. I want to get into, since you brought up the Willamette tag and these areas that we're going is bow only. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to my mistake I made buying tags this year. Yeah, we should bring that up. Um, And I think I've talked about this before, but I love to plan hunts. There's nothing I love more. Like I'm already planning next year and we're still hunting. Yeah. You know? Um, But so I've been planning this year since last hunting season, basically. And we do a big buck bet every year, me, John, and my dad. And, uh, I get it all, we get it all squared away and everything. And we're talking about everything we're going to be doing, how excited we are to get out there. The day before, or a couple days before we leave to go over east, I go, I'm going to check my account just to make sure I got all my tags. I log in and I see general season or first season coast elk tag. Second tag on the list is general archery blacktail. And I went, you got to be kidding me. There's got to be a mistake. So I'm scrolling through. I always take screenshots after I purchase stuff. So I'm scrolling through my phone and I'm like, no, there's no way. They screwed me up. Like they messed something up on their end. And I find the screenshots. I went, see, told you. Click on it. Pops up archery. And then the realization sinks in. And then now I have to tell everybody, hey, by the way, I bought a bow tag. So I've been taking some heat for that one. Um, So technically I have two tags in my pocket right now. And um, I don't have a bow to my name. (laughs) That adds to the the bow tag experience. Yeah, that adds to a little bit of a challenge. So I was pretty bummed out for a couple days. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to make the best of it. At least I got a tag. So then I started asking around for people I know with the bow. I talked to Sam and Sam was trying to sight in his bow at the time. I said, well, that's not the one I really want. I want one already ret to roll. So I texted John. I said, hey, man, you mind if I borrow that for a couple months maybe? And being the generous friend he is, of course, he said yes. But um, it was, it's been rough. It's been rough not having a rifle tag in my pocket. I'll say that much. Yeah, you probably feel... Just vulnerable. 
feel violated. Yeah, it's just different than what you're used to yeah. having. Yeah, yeah. And you sold your bow, and then, um, you know, having to borrow Johnny's. And your draw length probably not quite the same. Yeah, just a little bit shorter. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. two and a half inches. Yeah, yeah, nothing crazy or anything. That doesn't mess you up at all, probably. No, I pulled it back a couple times, and I'll tell you right now, it's like if um, I bought a bow for my daughter, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to see what it's like, and I pulled that one back. That's what the, uh, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, it's a different kind of vibe. I'll tell you a mistake I made this year that I won't ever make again. Is I like I decided I'm not going to buy the sports pack this year. I'm just going to go all a cart, and I'm only going to buy the things that I'm going to use, and I'm going to save some money. So I started with a fishing and hunting license right out of the gates, but I didn't buy a salmon steelhead tag, even though it's been one of the best salmon runs in years in Oregon. Uh, I didn't fish it at all, but I've been focused on hunting. So then I wasn't going to buy a bear tag this year, and then. Kyler was like, hey, let's go do a, a wilderness bear hunt. So I went and bought a bear tag. And then we didn't go on the hunt. And then uh, my other cousin was like, hey, come over east uh, and we'll go on an archery elk. Well, elk season had already started. So you can buy a tag after season starts, but it's $75. So it goes up a little bit. So I bought an elk tag. So I've ended up spending probably close to 300 for about half the amount of stuff you get on the sports pack. So the sports pack's a couple hundred bucks. So I didn't do... I won't ever do make that mistake again. Sports pack's worth it. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't do it. I, I've done it for the last like four or five years, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to steelhead fish and I'm not sure if I'm going to yeah. elk hunt, you know, and then I end up doing it all. Yeah. But I mean, it's always, it's nice just to have that stuff in your back pocket for that time when somebody's like, hey, do you want to go do this? And yeah. then you're like, yeah, I got it. So let's talk about the Eastern Oregon hunt. So this is the first, you guys kind of changed things up on us a little bit this year. So for the first time, the Williams deer camp has been lady free for many, many years. And there's been some wives that have wanted to come at times. And, you know, Uncle Jerry did bring our Aunt Carol a few times and they had a motor home and they kind of stayed in the motor home and everybody else camped. And so that did happen a couple times, but it was... You know, no, none of the other uncles or cousins had ever brought their significant others to deer camp. You guys decided to bring two ladies in one year, actually three when we count your daughter, right? So yep. it was interesting. Uh, it, actually, I, I want to say just on the record here, Dylan's little girl, amazing for a baby to be able to do what she did was pretty amazing still, no matter what a ton of work when you've got a baby in the woods, you know, trying to give that baby a bath, make sure she's happy and fed and all the things. So, Yeah. Going into it, I really thought it wasn't going to be any bit of a challenge. I was like, oh, I got this. this. is easy. Easy money. We got a camp trailer, whatever. Um, turns out I was wrong. Um, we had to fill up that the water jugs to fill up the trailer every day, if not twice a day um didn't realize how much water would be used the generator ran i think every hour almost of every day <laughs> pretty close it's usually like when you're laying in the elk tent at night that's what you want to hear yeah you it's know? white noise yeah uh it was a challenge man but it was fun i i really enjoyed it i liked having her there i mean it's not the most ideal for hunting but it was good to have uh, 
our daughter there with us and experienced that with us. Um, she won't remember any of it, but <laughs> there's going to be some pictures. Yeah, we have pictures. She it, was super cute too. Like you guys had some nice hunting outfits for her that she was cruising around in some overalls and some flannels and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, how was it bringing your wife to deer camp? Was, is she still traumatized? Is what I want to know. I, you know, coming into it, I was really kind of worried about it because she had never been around hunting like at all never seen anything get killed like that nothing so I was a little worried like I'm gonna bring her over there she's gonna see something get shot and then never want to do it again want nothing to do with it so I had a little little worry going into it but then first day over there you know we got right got right after it and I mean it all went good and she still wants to hunt. She wants to do everything. So it worked out pretty good, I think. So you got her exposed. We didn't scare her too much. No, no. That's good. Well, I mean, honestly, I, everybody hunted hard and we saw some stuff and we'll get into some of that. And uh, so that first, you guys got over there on Wednesday. Yep. Season opened on Saturday. They wanted to make sure they got a good camping spot. And uh, Jake and I came over Thursday, I think. Yep. And so Thursday, we got into camp. They had already got the elk tent set up by themselves. So my cousin Jason and Dylan together, uh, father and son duo. I don't know how heavy that tent is for two men, but it's, it's not, not light. light. No. No, it, uh, that was a challenge in its own, especially my dad's not, you know, she's got some a little joint up. issues, if yeah. you will. Um, he did not like you guys. I'll say that. There might our, have been some words said. Our names could have come up in a derogatory yeah. way. Now you know how I feel every other year before that because it's always yeah. J-Dub and I going over there. Setting the tent up. Five days before anybody else gets there. No, they never used to take the tent. Mm. We like When Johnny started going and I was, I was running through jobs left and right so I could never go for the whole trip, um, they w we were just sleeping out under the stars. The only time that a tent was brought was when you and Charlie came, mm -hmm. when you guys had, or John and Charlie had the tag, and uh, you brought you brought my the little tent. elk tent, yeah. yeah, which is a lot more manageable. I mean, this elk tent that these guys have, what does it sleep thirty five? Yeah, it's like a fifteen by twenty five. I yeah. think. Yeah, it's super cozy in there though, and I brought a ton of firewood. Your dad brought a bunch of firewood. We have that fire cranking in there. Um, oh, it was so nice. Not as often as we used to. Used to be like your dad would sleep right by the fire and like two o'clock in the morning, he was stoking that thing. And so we'd all be sweating all night. And now we wake up a little more chilly. And I'm not mad about that. I yeah. hate sleeping hot, especially like the only thing that I didn't like about it not being so hot when I woke up was how cold it is to put your clothes on mm -hmm. in the morning. It was cold over there this year, I thought. I mean, it wasn't... It warmed up pretty quick. Just the mornings were yeah. fairly chilly. Um, yeah. So I don't know. On the Before the season started, I only actually – I saw deer, but the only buck I saw was like right around the corner from camp, and it was a fork by three that was pretty tall, and I kept telling Jake, I'd shoot that thing. You know, it was, I, In my mind, it was a pretty good deer. But Jake and I decided to go shoot our guns, and so there's a rifle range you know, close to town, but let's say – 45 minutes from camp or something. And so we went to the rifle range to shoot and uh, 
there was these two older gentlemen there and they were sighting in their two seventies. So we were, we decided we're going to help these guys sight in rather than everybody shoot at the same time. I don't like it when it feels like you're at a, you know, you're in the military or something and all these guns are flying off and I'm jumping every time somebody shoots. So anyway, these, we just let these two guys shoot and we just helped them for like an hour and we got them dialed in like perfect, you know, and they were really cool guys. They were telling us stories. There was nobody else at the range. So then Jake and I decided we're going to shoot. And then we turn around and there's five guys in line and we're like, Oh man, you know, so we each fired, I fired three rounds. I don't know how many he shot. The other guys were already starting to come in, started shooting. Um, and all three of my rounds were high and to the right. And I had a pretty tight group, but they're all, I'm saying at least four inches to the right. It could have been a little more than that. So I get back to camp and I tell your dad and he's like, well, season's already going tomorrow. You know, this is day before season. I hate making field adjustments this close to season. Maybe let's split the difference and just move you two inches left. So he cranked me over two inches to the left, which was probably really good that he did. Uh, but in hindsight, and I know I've said this on the show before, I got to put the time in behind the the rifle before season starts. Yeah. I mean, that's, I got to do that. I'm happy with the new gun and everything, but I got to put the time in and I want to learn how to use the scope and all that sort of stuff. So, and that I'm bringing that up because it'll come into the story as we go along here. Um, but, you know, we kind of had a strategy on the area that we wanted to hunt. And we were seeing a lot of other, you know, those side-by-side -side things kind of scouting that same area. So your dad decided that we needed to be the first rig in the area that we were going to walk into every morning. So we got there at what, 4 a.m. maybe? Yeah, something like that, 4, 4.30. Which honestly wasn't bad because we could fall back asleep in the pickup. And we would wake up and there would be deer next to the pickup usually every morning. So it was, you know, it was, it was a good area, obviously an area that we like to hunt and that we know there's going to be deer in. I had never hunted it this way. So this was kind of a light bulb year for me and that, um, you know, we draw this tag every six years. So I think this is my fifth trip over there, maybe something like that. Maybe not. Maybe it was only my fourth, but, um, anyway, I'd never been the get behind the glass guy and look at the, you know, look in these big draws and these big canyons and stuff like that. Like I would do that, but I'd never found the success like you guys had typically found with that. But this year it's like something finally clicked for me and I was seeing deer like every time and getting this. And granted I have better equipment now too. I've got better binos, spotting scope, you know, and that was, I thought just a blast. We, I, we've been doing it for so long over there. And I've got to see it done by my dad so much and stuff. So he he's helped me pick up on those tendencies of things to look for and everything. I'm just like, it's the only thing that I can see that helps. Like it, we get the success based off of that amount of time we spend behind it, the glass. And I feel like it once somebody actually sees that happen for the first time, it is like a light bulb clicks and they're like, okay, this is... The, now I see what you guys do because I always feel like I've had a few times where like I'm hunting with somebody that I never really hunted with before or whatever and they I'll find a deer and they'll give me the no you didn't you know and it's like until you can get them on that deer with with their binos and stuff like it's so hard to share that 
that moment, you know? Yeah. And I feel like over there is such a good learning experience for people because it's so easy to find them. There's so many of them. Yeah. And I, the two of you guys, though, if you guys say there's a deer, I don't ever question it anymore. I remember early when I'd hunt with you guys, I'm like, no way. How did you? And then you'd be like, go to that rock, you know, 900 yards out <laughs> to the right. He's bedded down under that log. And then all of a sudden I'd get on there. I'd be like, I'll be how the heck, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you guys have always, I mean, the two of you guys, if you got you two guys with you, you know, you're not going to miss much. And I'm sure you guys do miss. I mean, all of us do, yeah. but I'm pretty confident in the two of your eyes for spotting deer. And it, I mean, part of it, you just done it a lot, but I just think you're naturally good at seeing deer. And I think I'm better than a lot of people that are out there because I'll hunt with other buddies that don't see anything. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, there's a buck right there. Or there's, you know, yeah. I'm fun. Cause I mean, you just, I think our dads did a really good job of showing us how to look for deer, mm-hmm. you know, and looking for those Mickey mouse ears or whatever, little twitches or whatever. But then right. you also feel like you're, when you're out there, you're almost like a paranoid schizophrenic, you're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you're, and you can't turn off the deer eyes. Yeah. So I still, wherever I'm going, if we're traveling on the freeway or anything, I'm looking for deer. You know, oh, yeah. like I just can't help myself. Jordan gets so mad because anytime I see a deer driving around, oh, look at that. And she's like, yeah, that's like, that's nothing like you see yeah. deer all the time. You don't have to point every single one out. Like, but oh, can, yeah. you can never help yourself, I, I right? That's yeah. all I do is look for him. I spotted a buck the other day down the road from my house and he was bedded with blackberries all around him. So he was in the center of a blackberry patch and just bedded down, just staring at the road. You know, just nice buck, just, just laying there, you know. You guys ever done, you're on a, not a super busy road, but you definitely shouldn't stop on it in the middle of it to look at a deer or back up <laughs> to see it again. Yeah. I do that so often. Or you're on I-5 going 65, 75, and you're like, elk. <laughs> yeah. Lock them up. Yeah. Yeah. Taya hates it. Yeah. If I just all of a sudden lock the brakes up, yeah. throw it in reverse. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got to look at four deer over here. I got to look at something that I'll never have to shoot or even worry about doing anything to. Yeah, obsessed though. But that's also part of the fun, I think, for us is like I love seeing deer. I don't care if I've got a tag in my pocket or not. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's a part of the challenge. Yeah, and then if you can grab the binos, like I had a fork and horn in my bottom pasture a couple mornings. It was the morning we were going hunting, and I got my binos out and just checked him out and watched him. And there was a few does he was chasing around. And then a little buck came into the pasture and he was chasing him off. And it's just, I don't know. And it helps you in the field because you learn how they are and just their yep. behaviors and what they do. And um, so back to the Eastern Oregon hunt, we kind of were focused on the same area. I mean, we hunted some other areas too, but that was kind of our main, seemed like that's where we we're seeing all the action. So, John, you and Jordan came over, I think, was it Sunday or was it Saturday? I think we got there Saturday evening. But you didn't really hunt. Or, no, Sunday because it was after yeah. Chris left. Yeah, Sunday evening or like mid-afternoon time. Yeah. Okay. So you were there Sunday and, the I mean, you guys are there for not very long and we go out on an evening hunt and Jordan spots the first buck we'd seen. I mean, you guys had seen some of the first buck that I had seen since season had started. And this buck, we thought was a doe at first (laughs) until John got his spotting scope on it and his uh, phone scope. 
and he zoomed in and sure enough it was a little forking horn i think yeah but we weren't sure we just knew there was antlers there and we had a long season planned that wasn't a buck we wanted to shoot you know second day of season and there was these other two hunters that were you know looking in the draw and we kind of motioned him over and it's always an awkward thing when you motion to someone in the woods and everybody's got guns and you don't know each other but these guys i believe they're on the same tag cycle as us i think we've seen them over there before um and we wave them over and we say hey you know there's this buck over here we're not going to shoot it we don't know how many tags you have in your party or if you'd be interested in shooting it but um Anyway, they decided they were going to shoot it because they had like nine tags in their party and the one guy was leaving the next day. and So it was kind of cool to be a part of that with them and just kind of, you know, you guys kind of helped him and John, you went and helped him find the deer and stuff. And yeah. uh, he seemed pretty excited. And the crazy thing, we're sitting there talking to this guy's brother and he was a heart transplant survivor and he had a heart transplant like the same time that my wife had had a heart transplant. So we're talking through that and how he's like living for hunting now and like he's done all these hunts and... You know, it was kind of cool. Just a crazy small world, you know? Oh, yeah. But. Um, and then back to the first couple of days of this hunt, too, to add to what Sam's saying, these guys were getting up that early. And I was getting up basically right after they would leave. They would leave around 4-ish. I was up 4.30 to 5 and going to get the baby ready, helping my wife get ready getting everything packed up and then we would leave a little later right as it was starting to get daylight because there's good hunting on the way to where we we're hunting and man the amount of deer you see just off of the road as you're driving is unbelievable and i think we saw i don't know we saw a few small bucks on that drive in to meet these guys and then we'd get in there and we'd go do on these awesome cool walks um, my wife, unfortunately, had to stay in the pickup. She was the one with the tag. Uh, she stayed in the pickup for the first couple days uh, with the baby because she wasn't too sure as how she would act with leaving her with my dad and stuff in a locked pickup for a long period of time. Um, but they were seeing bucks run right to the pickup, left and right. Like, it was nonstop, like yeah. clockwork. We could have killed the three biggest bucks we saw from the truck. I mean, if at different moments, you yeah. know, um, and it was odd to me just watching the behavior of the deer when I was in the pickup, that time I sat in the pickup with your dad and your daughter and you guys all did that long walkabout chasing after that, those two bucks you saw bedded down. We watched this buck we ended up calling high hat and we'll talk about some theories around high hat, but, um, we end up seeing him and he runs up 180 yards from the pickup and and we knew he had smelled somebody you know you could tell at first when we saw him he was kind of feeding but then all of a sudden he's there was two other guys that came walking out of where we were at and he was low enough that they couldn't see him but we could see him watching them and he let them walk all the way out and then he bolted and we thought maybe you one of you guys would get a shot and then you guys never saw him that time never saw him no. i mean he's an elusive deer and we definitely think we have a few theories, and I want you guys to uh, add to this story, but we've talked about blade a few times on here. We definitely know there's some blade genetics in this deer, or he could even be blade himself, because we figured blade would be six years older if it was him. I, I, 
I don't think he's played himself. I, I saw high hat the year before during archery season and he wasn't nearly the buck that he is now, but this buck almost blonde horns. They're straight up in the air and they fork at the top and very unusual. But the reason the blade genetics comes up, John has some old video of blade um, is he's got this really unusual, like eye guard, you know? Yeah. And so uh, what is, what's your guys' theories on that? Well, Blade also is the blonde horn type of buck, too. Um, that alone, dude, it's Blade, man. That's all I'm going to say. It's Blade. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it, it was just, just freak. It's like, it's the tallest buck I've ever seen, but only six inches wide. And the horns were massive. Super thick, like two baseball bats on his head. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And Jake and I actually, opening day, we saw what I pre- I'm going to imagine is that buck's offspring. It was dark horns, exact same frame, tall, um, fork at the top. And he was a dandy buck. He wasn't anything like hi-hat, but he was dandy. And he was 70 yards from Jake and I when we did that very first walk. Um, we walked to the edge of this canyon, hear a gunshot, and next thing you know, here comes about 40 deer out of the bottom of that canyon, walked 70 yards from us, and here comes this buck right behind all these does, and he stops broadside, and I keep telling Jake, I'm like, hey, man, that's a great one. Well, that would have been Sunday, probably. No, Saturday, Saturday oh, so, morning. So it was opening day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we saw, I think we were... Th- and you guys might have saw a couple small bucks, but we saw three. We saw that buck, and then we did that canyon walk that we'll talk about later. Um, saw that th- saw a three point and a fork and horn in there too. But that that buck alone, just the scenario of it, it was the first thing that opening day, and Jake just wasn't ready yet. Mm. My guarantee, if you asked him, <laughs> he probably would have changed his mind yeah. looking back on it. Yeah. John, what do you think? Hi hat, is, is he his own deer or is it blade reincarnated? I would like to say that. I mean, it'd be super cool if it was him because he. I mean, we had so many run-ins with him, like just that. I just want to. You want to see, see the battle wounds? Yeah, I just want to. That that's like the only way that we'll know for sure. So I just want to put some hands on him and just like actually see it like up close, like. Because it's such a weird frame, just like it's, it's just crazy. This well, is a big-bodied mule deer, silver-bodied. He was real wiry, just like Blade was, as far as like sneaking around people and stuff like that. And we saw him. I mean, that was the the best look I had at him was with your dad in the truck. And your dad, I mean, he had plenty of time if he had a tag. That deer would have been on the ground. Yeah, you know. And he had a five-inch eye guard sticking straight out of his face. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know why we're having this debate. It's played. <laughs> it's played. I don't know what else to tell you guys. I mean, it's possible, but he is a freak. Yeah. I mean, it, it. it's like if that's a seven or eight-year-old deer at that point, which certainly is possible, And he, but he's always running with does, which always gives him away. So if he's not Blade, he's definitely Blade's offspring. And he didn't learn. He learned some bad behaviors from dad because <laughs> yeah. those, those does give him away. But at the same time, he's smart enough it was like he got smarter each day, and then by the last few days of hunting, we never saw him again, you know? 
Yeah, and yeah, the elusiveness too starts to get to me thinking he's blade just for yeah. the pure fact we obviously couldn't get it done the first round. Yeah. First two rounds we lost. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna take this as our third L. Yeah. It's the third loss to Blade. Well there's next year, you know. Somebody might find him next year. I'm gonna find him. No I guarantee you he's still alive. That that nobody got high hat or blade this year. So and so that same area we were hunting we had some really cool hunts in there, various different things. I know we're going to have Jake come on here, so I don't know if we want to tell his story, if we want to save that one. But let's we'll talk about my deer. John was a part of that. Um, you guys all hunted the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And we it's had kind of me a, and Jake, yeah. And we had kind of a plan. You guys were going to go this way. We were going to go another way, and we were going to go a few ridges over and try to push something your way maybe. And uh, John, Jordan, and I start heading that direction. And we, gosh, what are we like? Nine hundred yards from where we parted ways. I mean, it wasn't very far. Yeah, not far at all. And uh, I looked back, and you were putting something in your backpack. You were messing with your spotting scope or something. You were yeah. just getting geared up and ready. I mean, we were just barely getting going. And I look over to my right, and I see these four deer. Look like they're downhill skiers. I mean, they are flying down this cliff face, and guys had jumped them from the other side of the canyon. And I, I had no idea what they were, never even got the binos up on them. So I'm thinking, okay, I want to try to go find these deer. So we're, we decide to kind of get over there where we're looking. But then Johnny's like, we better look over this edge, you know? And so I'm like, okay, he's my guide. I better listen to him, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> so John, and this is, uh, this is Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're only a couple of days into the season. And John uh, pokes his head over and he sees this deer and he sees him and I don't see him yet. And I'm looking in the totally wrong spot. John's trying to tell me where he's at. And he's, this deer is just feeding from left to right on this kind of big yellow flat at the bottom. And I mean, from a range finder, he's what, 550, maybe 525, 500. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but he's, you know, you can see him, but you can't see him that well. And we're how how far uphill you think we are? Oh, it was pretty. I mean, like, it's you a can't steep really tell angle. like when you were up there, but like once we got down there to the bottom, it's like that's a lot steeper than I thought it was. Yeah, and I think you know if you're if you're walking that distance and you're not using a rangefinder that's accounting for inclination, I gotta think it's almost two hundred more yards or something. Oh, I yeah. don't know that for sure, and I'd be curious to shoot a range from the bottom up and see what that comes back at. So I want to try that the next time I'm there. I'll just walk down that hole for fun. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, but Make sure it's during season two. Oh, yeah, without a tag. Yeah. Guys like it when you go in there. <laughs> like, hey, like wear bells or something. So yeah, no, I'm just trying to range yeah. this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just got to recreate the moment. But anyway, John sees this buck down there. It takes me a while to get on him, but then eventually I see he's a buck. And we know he's a decent buck. Like you can see antlers with the, the naked eye you know he's not a monster but he's a solid buck like we feel feel good about him and i'm like okay this is a buck and the scenario was just per, kind of perfect he doesn't see us we're up above him i felt like but i want to get as close as i could get yeah. just because new gun knew i was going a little bit to the right when i shot those three bullets before season um so i've got my shooting sticks we got plenty of time John's got his spotting scope and the phone scope and everything. And he's kind of zoomed in on him and he's, you know, we get as close as we can and we were going to try to push a little further. Thank God we didn't. Yeah. We, 
after this all transpired, we were on a sheer rock cliff. I mean, it was like maybe 20 feet. Like, you know, it wasn't one that you were going to walk down quietly, yeah. you know? So we were kind of as close to him as we could get. And you ranged him, I think, at like 380. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're, I mean, great guy. John's a great guy. He's like keeping me calm take the shot when you're ready, that kind of stuff, you know, get yourself yeah, ready. Real nice voice with it. Yeah, yeah. just really soothing. Nice. Yeah, and so, and Jordan's watching, I think, from Binos up behind us. Yeah. And so, I should silence my cell phone. <laughs> so unprofessional. Yeah, so we, unprofessional. Sorry, we're we a little had rusty. spotted it, and then we left her there because we were going to put this big sneak on it, get super close, and we had this goal of where we wanted to get to. And we get up there and we're like, hey, we cannot go any further. Like, this is, this this is, is as it good right as here. it's going to get. Yeah. And I'm little, I mean, 380 is the longest shot I've ever taken. And I mean, I know guys take all these long shots, but I just haven't had the experience with that. And like I say, 380 by a rangefinder, but it was still felt like a lot further than that for me. So, anyway, fire the first shot. John's got the phone scope up, which was nice because we could see the vapor trail of the bullet. And, or he could. I was kind of focused on the gun. Yeah, you were a little busy. But, but John's like, ah, oh, you missed him a little bit to the right, you know, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but um, so I compensated for that, kind of where I felt like I was missing and let that bullet fly the second time, and it just dropped him immediately. And uh, we were hugging and high-fiving. I think I told him he was the best guide and yeah, uh, something like that. It checks out. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, I was pretty happy. And then like we see Taya and Jason. And so they didn't hear the shot or anything. We assumed you guys all heard the shot. And I think you and Jake heard it. Yeah, we did. We were freaking out. We were so excited. Oh my God. Yeah. And so, you know, we tell Dylan and Taya, Hey, I got a three point. I think, I mean, we hadn't got up on him yet to know for sure. Huh? You what said the it? wrong name. You oh, said Dylan it? and Taya. Oh, Jason and Taya. Sorry. It's okay. Dylan was with Jake. And Blake. Don't forget Blake. Oh, yeah, Blake. Blake was there. Yeah, little Blake was there for sure. So Taya, good honor. She throws Blake on in the baby Bjorn, and she's just hiking down this thing with us. And, I mean, the hike down, because he there was two yellow flats, and we got to the first one, which is where I thought he was, and he was on the second one, which was another bench over. So, you know, you're walking over all these down logs and straight down pretty much for part of it. And But then when we get to him, I'm like, man, he's a good-bodied deer. It was, you know, I was really happy with him. And we take our pictures, um, which... If you're taking field shots, one piece of advice, don't put your hands under the ears. <laughs> Thankfully, John told me, let those ears drop. <laughs> so we got some good ones, and we got some ones where he looks like Dumbo or something. They're not. And then it, it was like right after that, we heard another shot, kind of like in the direction where Dylan and Jake were. So then J-Dub and Taya and the baby, they left because we figured it was them. So then we're thinking like, man, let's take our time with this one so that way we don't have to go help Dylan and Jake because they were a lot further in than we were. Yeah. Well, our pack out wasn't super fun. No, no, not at all. I mean, so we took the deer out whole and we hauled him up through all that stuff. I had bruises and spots like when we got home from between my deer and Jake's deer that I was just like, holy cow, There's this beat me up a little bit. And but, it was super fun that my arms are a lot shorter than Sam's arms are. So the polling 
dragging this deer. The timing. Just, yeah. The timing wasn't always, we had to, I'd have to get a couple steps ahead of John and then I'd be like, okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just get a running start at yeah. it to catch up. But we, it worked out. We, we got, got him out of there. Quick, yeah. yeah. And Jordan helped a couple of times too. She wanted to see how much pain and punishment we were going through. It's because be- before season started, she was like, oh, that's so easy. I can do that. No problem. She's like, I could do it better than you can. I said, okay, like we're going to find out now that you're, you know, saying all this stuff. And then after that, she said, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll just, I'll carry your pack up. You guys take care of that. Yeah, and Dylan and Jake came out right as we were almost to the oh, pickup. Couldn't yeah. have timed it better. <laughs> Literally could not have timed that better. And I told Jacob, too, I said, hey, that's either Tay or Sam. Let's, t- let's time this pretty good. Okay? We got to figure this one out. Yeah. yeah. Let's work as a team. We'll figure out the hours frame that we need to hit. And I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two hours. And I was pretty spot on. Yeah, you guys came right to the pickup as we were cresting. Yeah. Yeah. Was, we saw those same bucks that Jake passed on. And I'm pretty sure it's... I uh, can't go there yet. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Got more to talk about. <laughs> now, the, the if you want Jake to be here for that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we can give, we can give some teasers. Well, I was but, just jumping right to the end. Oh, yeah, we don't want to do that. I was jumping end straight story. to the end. Yeah, I want to save Jake's story for him. I okay. mean, so we had an amazing hunt with Jake as well, and that would have been a couple days later, maybe. Close... Close to the end, yeah. It was Thursday. It was all the way to Thursday? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Taya's on Wednesday. His on Thursday. Okay. So let's let's fast forward. So that amazing hunt. Grateful, Johnny. You did a great job. I was really appreciative of you and how you kind of helped me through that deer. And, I mean, I was really happy with him. I'm just – because, like, when you got that tag in your pocket, number one, you're super excited. But there's also, like, this pressure. And I'm always the guy, typically – that's come on like Thursday or Friday and I'm home by Tuesday. That's just kind of my MO. Usually I've got something at home that's pulling me back home. This was the year that I was like, nope, I can stay the whole time if I need to. So I was going to take my time, try to find the deer that I wanted to shoot. And I, I was really happy with this buck. It was better than any buck I've killed in this particular area. And yeah, we saw some other nice bucks, but, um, and that, and now I got a new standard I want to try to beat. I love the first thing your dad said when he came down on that deer, though. He's like, oh, I wouldn't have shot it. (laughs) God, he's the nicest guy, man. But, you know, if you know why he said that, it makes sense. Because that buck, he wants to always be going for something bigger than he's got the year before or six years ago, you know. So he's, that tag's six-year tag. He wants to make sure he's going to fill it with something at least equivalent to what he's killed before. And he's killed some really nice bucks. So he's got a really high standard. Yeah, to- but also just start with a good job, man. You know what I mean? Like, you can always start that way. Yeah. I, I and then thought- throw that in maybe after a couple cold ones at camp. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I probably wouldn't have shot it, but I'm glad that worked for you. Yeah. Great buck, you know? but I probably would have let it live for another six years. And- yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah. yeah. But I also get what he's saying. So, like, the, obviously the next time, I'm over there, which I'll be 50. Um, uh, other than for maybe my son's tag next year, I'm trying to figure that angle out. But um, and have him shoot a nice, probably bigger one than I've ever killed. Yeah. Other than George here in my office, but um, in that particular unit, um, I will try to improve on my buck. You know, I want to try to get something a little bit bigger next time. But I, you know. There's a lot. Of, I don't know. We've we've watched other guys that hunt in the same area, and some of the stuff that they pass on, I'm like, man, that takes some discipline. 
Yeah. When you see those antlers through your scope and you've got a good opportunity, it's really hard to not want to shoot. Even that day before when we helped those guys shoot that smaller buck, part of me was going, man, man, I wonder if we should have shot that thing. Old and I don't you know why. Blasted it. Huh? Old you would have. Yeah. Been, as soon as we saw it, buck, oh, there's Sam shooting it. Well, but old <laughs> me also, we used to have six to 10 tags in camp. Right. So my mentality was always like, well, meeting camp is meeting camp and we got a lot of tags to fill. I'm not going to pass on a buck, you know, but new me is like, I only get to do so many of these hunts and I, it's not like any of us are starving. Like, you know, yes, I love having deer meat in my freezer, but if I don't fill my tag, it's not the end of the world. You know, I want to go back to that, the six to 10 tag thing. Cause somebody else may have said this to me. This last week. Um, Like, I get that's a lot of tags to fill, but you're only there filling one. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So why was that even a, why was that the thought? Good, good point. I don't know. I just think for me, it was like, I wanted meat and camp and that celebration of like our family always celebrates any deer no matter what yeah you know so like if you and there's also like this it's kind of fun to be first blood i guess too so i think that was part of my mentality too it's like bringing the first buck to camp or whatever yeah and not like a rah-rah pound your chest kind of thing but just like i don't know maybe that i think that was part of the drive but also from having so many years so you gotta think you know i've had a lot of years or we didn't kill anything. So like some of those Ochico years, we would go over there and hunt our tail ends off and you were lucky to see an antler, you know, and maybe we'd get one deer in camp out of six to eight tags. And so that's how we grew up hunting. It was like, you're not going to pass on an antler when you see it. And it's just changing your mentality, you know? But I also think like there were so many blank years that when we first got over here and we started just seeing bucks, I was like, oh, there's a buck. You yeah, know, just autopilot. Yeah, you know? I get that too because there's some of that too with blacktail for oh, for yeah. us. You know, it's a it's well, blacktail are so elusive. It's like yeah. when you get an antler that you can shoot at, you're typically not passing. I mean, some of these really little ones where they're brand new babies and they're their little nubs or whatever. I think those are a little easier to let walk. Yeah, you know? I can't justify that. Yeah, translucent meat just doesn't. Yeah, quite, no. uh-uh. you know. Um, I want to go to that next day. Yeah. Uh, so yours was Monday, right? Mm-hmm. So Tuesday, you, me, and Taya. This we finally decided. Taya finally owned up the courage to let Blake stay in the pickup for a little bit, and we went after hi hat. But before that, on the way in. No, that was the day she shot it on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because we shot it in the same spot later. Okay, gotcha. Keep going. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but so we do this walk, the same walk we've always been doing. We take Taya with us, and it is pouring down rain. I've never been over there when it's raining this hard. Like it was unbelievable how hard it was raining. And find those deer, has our buck in it, and I get Taya set up because to me, looking at it, it's like, oh, that's, you know, maybe 300 whatever we'll set up get her all set up and i I think you ranged it and it was not close over five yeah Yeah. it was a long shot and we're in in a wide open yellow flat and she's got a 243 
Yeah. It's a flat shooting gun, but five, over five might be a bit And much. she's never done it. Far the shot she's had with it is 100 a couple times. Um, so we try to make a little push to get a little closer to this deer. And we get to kind of the end of our cover. And that shot was still in the 400s. And it was not something she was very comfortable with. Not something that I don't think me and you were very comfortable with at the time. Um, and so I decided, well, well, let's just cut some yardage. Screw it. We're here. And we try to walk right at these deer in a yellow flat. And there's about 40 deer, three bucks and as many does as you could see. Yeah. And the two little bucks kept fight. They were fighting with each other the whole time. The entire it was like time. They were just sparring and bound. And the big buck kind of hung to the side and he was hiding behind a little bit of cover and he'd come out, but he was he was always moving. Always he was moving. never like holding perfectly still. And I, to this day, I'm not 100% sure if he was high hat or if he was, but he did have the blonde horns, but he just didn't seem as tall, but a big yeah. body. I'm, I was just wondering if that was, you know, our visibility was a little poor because of the weather. Yeah. And I mean, he was in high hat zone, so it seems like it would have to be him. Yeah. And the body on this deer, I mean, he's, when you first saw him, it was like he was twice the size of every other deer out there, you know? Yeah. And I did a lazy play on this deer, just trying to cut distance fast. And I bet we cut another hundred yards off, 150 and they blew out of there. And then, so we, then we, we see where they all go. Now we don't know where the big buck went or at least I didn't, it sounds like everybody else saw him go to the right. And they all run down this little draw. And I said, oh, perfect, they're down below us. We'll walk right over the top of them. Done deal. Be a 70-yard shot at most. We walk out, we start walking, and Sam goes, oh, there's antelope right there. 200 yards away from us, there's a group of antelope standing there. So I'm like, oh, great, now what do we do? And I look glass, and I look to the left of those antelope, there's a little fork and hard bedded down right next to him. Literally couldn't have been 50 feet from the last antelope bedded down. And then I keep glassing and I find another buck and then another buck. And there's these three little bucks in a little triangle right on top of this flat. And it wasn't anything Taya was ready to harvest that day. And we just were finally... You know, Tay is getting worried about Blake at this point. So we decide, you know what, we're just going to go see what happens. If they blow out, they blow out, whatever. So we walk down and we get to this, almost to the edge of the yellow flat. And I know these deer are still right below us. They, there's only one way out for them and we did not see them exit. Uh, we get to this little group of trees. And this was our biggest mistake. Faux pas. Yeah. Uh, I was angling to the left because I had a feeling that's where these deer were. Sam and Taya might as well have grabbed me by the neck and drugged me to the right. Because we had saw that big buck go right. So yes. we were, we had saw him under a tree when the rain really picked up. And so we were like, we knew him and another deer. And I think it was one of the smaller bucks or a doe. I don't know, but they were under the tree to the right. So we had for sure saw both of us had seen that. So, we we're like, okay, we think it's further right. And Dylan, the one thing, he's got good deer instincts. And what I've been telling him, trust those instincts, especially after this story. Because in the moment, I didn't know he was having these thoughts. So he didn't communicate them with his mouth until after <laughs> this had passed. 
Well, but I was the guide, and I was second-guessed by the hunter. And you know what? When that happens... True. You got to make the hunter happy at the end of the day. That's. Yeah, I mean, they're your client. When he was my hunter, he uh, didn't second-guess any of my stuff. He, no. No. You're talking about me? Did. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I was, I was a good pupil. You see, that makes me mad. <laughs> so... That that's always our goal. Really made me mad. Said, yeah. Oh, there's a buck there. Okay, I'll just shoot it from right here. I said, that, oh, well, we can probably get a little closer. But that we questioned you, made you mad. No, that the, you only listened to John in that uh, situation. Yeah, and uh, we that deer we, for Tay would have been sixty feet from her instead of two hundred fifty yards. Right, was a big difference. It was that one. So we go right. As soon as we walk over this little ledge. Those deer bedded down right below our feet. All of the does, all of them were does on the right. I want to make that part clear. On the left of the trees, here comes this buck trotting down up the other side and then stops broadside for Taya for just a split second at, I think it was 200, it was 250 something. Yeah. And... It was a rushed ordeal. Um, she was kind of in a crouched position, yeah, trying to use a branch. Trying to use a, this little dead tree as a, a somewhat of a rest and shoots. Buck acts a little funny, and he takes off running. And I'm, it's pouring down rain, so I'm starting to stress about you know finding blood and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea if she hit it. The smoke out of her gun kind of threw that through a loop for us. Um, so Sam and I make this play. We kind of walk down the edge of this yellow flat, kind of where I saw the buck kind of just disappear. And we start walking. We start looking for blood. We send Taya back to kind of where she shot from, trying to get us in to the exact location of this buck. But now Taya's really worried about Blake and she does not care about you and I at this point in time. She is yelling at us from across this canyon to hurry up. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a really quick game. No, there. and it's been a few hours at this point and, yeah. you know, we had done a lot of hunting that morning and it's wet and your dad's with the baby and... Oh, yeah. A lot of yeah. stuff going through her head. Mm-hmm. And... Plus, she has the anxiety of, did I hit this deer? Did I not hit this deer? Yeah. And the adrenaline from taking the shot. So we have this moment of just like, all right, you and Sam, just go back to the truck. I'm just going to do the due diligence. I'm going to look for a while longer and see if I can't find this thing, find some sort of blood, find something that just resembles if this deer's alive or not. And I find his tracks heading down that hill where I saw him disappear. And I follow him out, and he's on this big game trail, and it comes up the over this little ridge, and it gets into this little burn draw. And I've been telling everybody that every time we do this walk, I, I know deer in there somewhere. I, I know there is, and we never really spent much time looking into it because we know where deer are. We've never seen them in this spot. Um, as soon as I come over this little hill, that buck, that my wife shot at stands up right in front of me and he's looking at me and the four does that were around him stand up right behind him. They kind of funneled down and then there's a spike looking right at me and 
so I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know, like, I know that he's fine, I saw his body, not a, nothing on him, nothing that would appear that he was hurt at all, and then the part that really hurt me, I look straight away, and there's a giant four-point and a three-point just stood up and walked down to the bottom to the other side of the ridge and then bedded down. And I don't have a tag. I'm not with anybody with a tag. And my first instinct is, now what? You know? So I turn around and I see John, Jake, and Jordan. And I thought that, because I told Tay and Sam when they left, I said, hey, have John and Jake and Jordan or whoever come back with me so I can have some help looking. And Jacob had a tag and... I take off on a dead sprint to these guys because they were a long ways away from me. And I am, I get up and over this little hill. I'm running down the yellow flat and I start screaming, John, Jake. And they keep turning and looking in my direction. And I'm, and so I think they see me and then they just, they like stop for a second. They look and then they just start walking again. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? So I run another 100 yards. John, Jake. They stop again, turn and look. Are you hearing something there, John? I don't know what was going on. I mean, we had been walking. We did a big loop to kind of meet up with you guys. And then we saw Taya and Sam walking through the flat. But I'm like, there's no Dylan. I was like, where's he? I was like, maybe he's back at the truck. Like, I don't know what's going on. But we saw like the rough area of where they came out of. We're like, okay, we'll go check over there. Like maybe she shot something or something and get over there looking all over the place. To, like if Dylan's out here, I was like, we'll see him for sure. Like it's hard to miss him. Okay. <laughs> but we get over there and no Dylan anywhere, not seeing anything. And yeah, we didn't hear him at all. Well, and everybody's soaking wet. Yeah. And we're, that's what, four mile kind of yeah. area. If you walk all the way in and all the way out, it's probably, yeah. you know, something around four miles. Yeah. So I'm doing this game with them, what I think's a game back and forth. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, are they just trying to be jerks right now? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, it looks like they're looking me in my soul and I'm waving them to me. And then they just keep walking. And I'm like, okay, this is starting to get annoying. So I'm whistling, I'm clapping, I'm doing anything. I'm doing jumping jacks out there in the middle of this yellow flat. And I finally catch up to him. And this is after too much running for a fat guy. And I catch him right before the truck. And I get up to Jake, I'm going, <laughs> there's a buck down there. And they were like, what? And I said, I just saw a giant four-point and a three-point. It took me about 10 minutes to catch my breath to have this conversation. And they're like, no way. Yeah, 100%. He bedded down in front of me. I watched him bed down. And uh, get all the way back to the truck, and we're thinking like, oh, this is what we're going to do in the morning. Tell my dad what happened. He goes, well, turn. what are you doing here? Turn around. So then I'm beat. I'm dead. And then Sam sat this one out. Um, we get everyone back together and we walk all the way back down there. 
Yeah, this is where I stay in the pickup with Jason and Blake, and we're watching Despicable Me. I don't know which one, maybe two. Like for the eighth time. Yeah, so we're hanging out with that, and Blake's being really good, and I'm like, boy, these guys got nothing to worry about. She loves her grandpa, you know? We don't got to worry about this. And But I give Taya my orange, like, down vest that I got at a garage sale for a buck, Jackson County special. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the rain is coming down pretty good at this point. I just remember when you guys come walking out and that thing's on her like it's like a lead <laughs> vest, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, you guys got drenched. Yeah. I take these guys and I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, I swear if these deer aren't there, you know? Like, that's my luck. Going back to like when you pick up a deer with your binos and somebody doesn't believe it's a deer, this is the moment that it happens. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we poke over the ridge, they're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. I have no idea where they went. I have no idea where they, how they would have escaped. We walked all the way around. I looked at the surrounding draws, and I just have zero idea how these deer slipped like they did. Did you guys see anything on that walk back in? No, nothing. Not that was does. the when you guys saw hi hat. Yeah, that's when we saw hi hat. So I'm sitting in the pickup with your dad, and we're just hanging out, despicable me too, and just you know giving the baby little snacks, and she's holding his hand, and you know she won't. She don't want me to talk to her at all, but she's mm-hmm. good with your dad, you know. And uh, I see this deer out of the corner of my eye just kind of come in. And he didn't come in hot or anything. He just kind of slowly sauntered in, like, say, 180 yards from the pickup. And then all of a sudden he does a 180 and starts going up the ridge. And he's watching those two other guys come out. And he's down below him. And, I mean, it was it was a nice buck. It was cool to see him that close. And just kind of watch it unfold. We were hoping you guys on the way out would get a shot at him. But I, I don't wish we would have. Nobody man. saw him. I mean, he was elusive enough that nobody got a look at him. Did he go back the way he came? Like yeah. towards where we saw him? Yeah, he went and right back in. Yeah, but more angled, more left than where we saw him that morning, you know. He kind of went right at you guys. That's why we were like, I don't know where he hid, but who knows. He was... You know, we had eyes on him, and then we didn't. And that's just the way this deer is. And that same zone, I mean, we hunted John, Jake, uh, Jordan, and myself, and we hunted a, a big loop in there, didn't really see much. And then we're almost back to the pickup, and we see a large-bodied deer. And I think you saw that, that it was a buck, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it ended up being this nice three-point, I think. But we a didn't nice know. Nice three-point. This, this was the next day, I think. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know where you guys were at and we were thinking these guys are going to get a shot at this thing. You yeah. Know? We could like, we could see the pickup like on the skyline, like right there behind the bucks. I was like, Hey, probably not like the best idea to be shooting towards them. But we're like, Taya's got a tag. She's right there. So we're kind of holding back waiting. No shots going off. We're like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll work up there a little bit. And yeah, he had taken off down the hill. And then that's when we found out that Taya had shot her. So we're like, oh, that, that's why. Well, that and that explains it. Well, in that same three point, you're, you know, I think the day after that, your dad watched bed down like at 200 yards from the pickup. Yeah. So it's, I mean, he was parked there and this thing came and bedded in front of him. But he goes, he bedded in such a perfect spot that he was so well protected and able to you know, escape in multiple different directions and he could see everything that he was just like, it was a, the perfect spot to put your bed, you know? And if you, he's like, if I didn't watch that deer bed down, 
I would have known he was there, you know? So it was, I mean, we can fast forward a little bit to Taya's buck. I wasn't a part of that, so I don't really know that story. We so. got to rewind. From, okay, rewind first. Yeah, yeah we kind of cut you off, didn't we? No, no, no. We just got to rewind to the morning of Wednesday. You guys talked about. Oh, got you. Okay. Mid-morning. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think you should take it. On the morning? Yeah, our, our experience yeah. So to start. Oftentimes, I would go with Jason and John and Jordan, and we'd go camp out where we wanted to kind of block other hunters from coming in, and we'd take our little morning nap, and then Dylan, Taya, and maybe Jake sometimes, yeah. and, and Blake would all meet us there, and then we'd kind of make our game plan from there. But that morning, I was like, you know, I've already got my buck. I want to go with Dylan and Taya and the baby. Jake, you go with those guys, and we'll see you guys all at the spot, and then we'll go from there. So we're on our way in, and I think we might have seen a few does on the way in. Nothing. Well, and we were late leaving. Yeah, we got kind of a late start. Uh, I don't remember why, but I... Poopy diapers. Oh, yeah. Back to back. That makes sense. That'll do it. Yeah. See, we didn't... They were not mine. We did not know the dynamic that Dylan... We knew he was working hard, and Taya as well. Like, they were both working hard just taking care of the baby. And, like, you know, in our mind, I mean, all of us... Well, John doesn't have kids yet, but like, you know, when you have babies at home, you remember those times and how much work it is. Like, it's a lot of work. I mean, this guy was running hard, all like 24-7, taking care of something. You know, so I, I from a distance, admired it, but also was like, man, I'm glad that's not me. You know, because <laughs> I, I just want to hunt and I don't yeah. want to be taking care of a baby, even though she's great, you know, I mean, but it's still a ton of work no matter what. So we're going in there, and I see these two big-bodied deer. And they were out the driver's side, and I'm like, oh, that's a good-looking deer. And I'm like, hey, there's a big deer over there. And I didn't see antlers at that point. And I think you said buck first, or maybe we did it about the same time. He, it was right when he... He turned his head. Turned and t started heading up the hill. You had a weird angle, because mm -hmm. we had a pickup right in front of us, too. So you're catching the Yeah, this guy drove right end. by him. Yeah, you're catching the tail end of his rig when you saw the deer, which was a great freaking spot over the top of the back of his truck. But, um, yeah, I don't know how he didn't see him. They were no farther than 50 yards I don't know how he didn't see him either. I mean, they, and this deer, I mean, nice big-bodied buck. Uh, we think probably a four-point from the angle we got him, but he was in some decent cover. But he wasn't really running. He was just kind of slowly working his way away from us, you know. And so Dylan and Taya get out of the, the rig, and they're trying to get a shot on this deer and get a, a good look at him. And I'm kind of hanging with the baby and getting ready to plug my ears. I'm watching through the binos, but also just kind of like, okay, any time now, she's going to nail this thing. And Yeah, because he goes up, and he stops, and he stops broadside. And Taya still wasn't able to locate him yet. And uh, which is my fault. I'd need to do a better job at that part of it. I just assume most of the time. Um, so I get her out. And she, I finally get her to see it, and she gets her gun. I said, all right, rack, rack one in. And she goes to put one in the chamber, and it gets jammed. Mm. And she's trying, and she's like, I can't, I can't get it to work. So I take the gun from her, unjam it, get it in, get it in the chamber for her, put the safety on, set on the shooting sticks, and she gets on the deer and she goes are you sure it's a buck i go yes it's a big one she goes dylan are you sure i go yeah and then by the time i said the second yeah the buck 
turns and turns all the way around, does a 180, and then she sees the antlers, but it's no shot. And she just goes, oh, yeah, that is a buck. Well, I mean, he was kind of on a little bit of a hill-ish, mm-hmm. so he could crest over that hill at any moment. And so, you know. With tree tree cover yeah. going on kind of around the top of But it was of probably head. at 75 yards, maybe. It was 200. 200. Because that's where she shot okay. hers a little later, and we, See, we really decided to at, range it. I'm pretty good at yardage. Um, oh, you're better than my dad, man. You're closer. But I'll tell you, um, you know, I've been in that situation with Blade that one year where you guys all saw him. I couldn't see the antlers because of just the angle of the deer. And I, when I watch that video that John has on his computer, I'm like, how did I not see those? But at the moment, and you know, also from that perspective, I did respect that she didn't shoot at something she wasn't sure was a buck, you know. But at the same time, we're a little bit deflated, if you will, because it we knew how good of a buck it was, mm-hmm. you know. So then we get up to the truck and we're like. You kind of got this in your mind. You're like, man, that. How many more of those chances are we gonna get? Yeah, because <laughs> it was a good deer. Yeah. But. So then we get to these guys at the end, and uh, my dad's already in a pretty in one of his moods. Get some hip pain. Yeah, He's some hip pain's with. gone, and uh, we were by this time forty five minutes to an hour late. Um, and so he calls me over. And he goes. Where have you been giving me the dad lecture? And uh, I said, well, we had a couple poopy diapers, and we had an encounter with uh, one of the biggest mule deer I've seen in a long time. And he goes, okay, is it in the back of the truck? No. Well, what happened? So I hashed out the story to him, and he goes, oh, no. And he gets out, and he goes, you're staying with me. And then sends these guys out on a wild goose chase, gets in, gives Tay a little bit of a riot act, which I do applaud her for having that um, self-control and waiting for that opportunity to actually present itself the way she wants it to, to for her to feel confident. Um, my dad definitely said some stuff like, if any of us ever tell you it's a buck again, you shoot it. Yeah. Said that a couple times, I think, if I remember right. Well, and I think they're... You know, we all have that trust with each other to know that. But when it's your tag and you're the shooter, you still have that responsibility. Oh, yeah. You know? so and it's, it's her first time in that situation with us, too. You know, like we had the blacktail, which, you know, that was a way easier situation. There was no doubt what that one was. There, like she had, it was right, right out in the open. No, It was 50 yards, you know. So there was nothing that could have told her that that's not a buck. Mm-hmm. This one I understood. I mean, and she's not looking at, like, I think most people or most people that have hunted mule deer would have picked that, like, their gun up. If somebody said, yep, that's him, and they could see the mannerisms of that body, like, the had the big old neck, double white patch, and just that the pure size of it was bigger than any any doe you would see by, like, three times. And... It just little things like that that I that she's obviously she's going to learn and she's going to get eventually. It's just it just wasn't. It's not there yet. There's no mistake in those big mature bucks. No, it's like oh, this is what we've been looking for. Yeah. Okay, there they are. Uh, so then we drive. I, I mean, we left you guys. I don't know. We were 
we just want to ride around the corner to another canyon we always look at. Um, I get out and I start glassing down the other way. My dad waves me over. He finds some more deer and there's this one that, and I, he, it looked just like that one we we saw that morning. You know, like it, he was that size and he was with a couple other bucks and he was at the very top of this ridgeline. I've, I've got to range this thing a couple of times. We told the story about my 700 yard shot with that 270. So almost in the exact same spot as that. And so we knew that wasn't our shot. We've made the mistake. We learned that lesson. Yeah. Uh, so we we're planning on making a play. Then all of a sudden they blew out, went up and over. Somebody spooked them. And uh, we get back in the truck and I was like, hey, I, I think we need to drive down, back down there. I just have a feeling there's going to be a deer there. And she's like, all right, let's go back down there. So we're going to that spot. We saw that buck in the morning. And as soon as we get there, I look out the window on my side and I go, oh, there's a deer. And there's a group of does. And I see this one body that was bigger than the rest, uh, different color, just had the features and didn't have his head up yet. And I said, hey, I guarantee you this one's a buck. And he walked out of the brush just enough, head down. And I could see the tips of his antlers. I said, yep, it's a buck. So we get Taya back out, get her set up, and she didn't even <laughs> skip a beat on this one. Racked that shell and threw the gun up on the shooting sticks and just absolutely smoked him. Rolled him right in his, right in his tracks where he was, right where he was standing, dropped him. And I'll tell you right now that that was one of the coolest things I've ever witnessed. And having her with us, with, we face a challenge with Blake, having a kid or a little baby one-year-old there and overcoming those obstacles and getting it done was such a reward. And it was so fun. And her and Blake, they went up there and they found it together. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and she worked really hard. You know, I mean, she'd done some really hard hunts leading up to that. And we've talked about this quite a bit. The, uh, the experience of the hunt, you know, we all want to, have that big wide buck or whatever, like in our mind, you know, and we could have killed those right from the pickup, some really nice big bucks, but the hunts that we got to experience to me, and we'll have Jake weigh in on this too, when we get him on here, just those experience and those moments and the way things went down, you can't replace them. I I think guys put too much emphasis on, I got to have the big trophy and yeah, we all want to kill a nice mature deer. You get more meat and all those types of things. But the reality of, for me, is the experience. Like that experience, me, John, and Jordan, like I'll never forget that. And that scenario and the way that deer played out, like it was so cool. And like your experience with Taya, that's, yeah. the, you're never going to forget those experiences. Right? Oh, yeah. So I think we put so much emphasis sometimes on we got to get a big one. And that's a good goal. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about the hunt. It's not necessarily about, I want to harvest an animal and I'd love it to be a mature animal, but I'm like, I don't feel bad about any of the deer that we harvested on this hunt. You know, no. it, it would have been cool to get high hat on the ground. Yeah. I mean, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But, but that folklore for us just continues another year because we all, you guys are going to have the tag next year. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we got to talk about that too, John, because I got some stuff to unleash. Well, I think you got a contract you're working on for this next, uh, well, and Mm. let's, let's talk about the bed a little bit, John. Did did Dylan pay out on that? Uh, no, I haven't, you know, I haven't even been paid yet for our last year's. Hey, we canceled it. We canceled that one out and you already know that we canceled it out. (laughs) It's kind of, it's not even really a bet. 
every year. I mean, every year we do it, and we've never paid up any of them. Oh, okay. So oh, it's kind of like when something happens a, in hunting camp. But yeah. 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 But yeah. that's about to change. Well, there's a contract. I He's wrote gonna... up a three-page contract for this next year, and the stipulations for this one, if you do not pay up by the day of departure... Anyone who didn't pay up will have to jog a mile. Okay. So, so the original this year, so John, what John got me is his hunter. Dylan was most likely going to hunt with Taya is what we figured. Uh, but, well, I, I was mean, hunting with J- original. I yeah. was hunting with Jake. And then it changed because obviously. But there was some dancing around with different guides yeah. and hunters, you know. But then whoever guided the largest deer was supposed to get like weighted on in camp or or the first deer. There was a bunch of different, I don't know all the rules you guys had, but. Yeah, but John was generous enough to, I will push my payment back until this next year because I didn't have much time to wait on somebody. Well, yeah, you were kind of already doing that. Actually. Yeah, I was doing that with yeah. two people, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were, you were pretty busy and we'd go for these evening hunts and we'd be trying to drag Dylan out with us and the poor guy was... I don't know. And we talk him into it, but then it's like, man, he was working hard. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, this contract we got. What's the name of it? Um, I thought I had a BBB. Name. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, BBB. Because we do enjoy the nice, refreshing taste of blackberry brandy. Mr. Boston's finest. Yep. And that's not a sponsorship either, by the way. No. So you guys know. It is delicious if you like cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> if you like cough syrup and you like to gag when you drink it, it's yeah. pretty good. High levels of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you like your heart to beat real fast and hard, <laughs> that's the stuff you want to drink. But it also stands for, in this case, Big Buck Bet. There we go. The Big yeah. Buck Bet. A little play on words, you know, yeah. pretty good. So I'm a poet. Yeah. Some would say. It's very. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be me, John. But hang on, John and I, jeez, uh, getting the grammar right, and then my dad, and you guys are all going to have tags. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason Rush and Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Will Kyle have a tag? Bow tag. Oh, he'll he have a feels bow tag. pretty cocky about the bow thing. Oh wow! Because I don't know if we want to hash that story out either. Uh, we. Well, we've already gone an hour and 20, so we should say that. We can tell that one on when we get Jake on okay. here. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm also potentially, I don't know if I'm allowed to be a part of the contest, but my goal for this year is to go for the bow tag as well as my second choice. And then I'm going to put my son in for the rifle tag. If he doesn't draw it, ODFW, if you're a youth hunter, the first year that you don't draw, they will give you a tag. So then I could just petition and get him a tag too. We're adding another stipulation to this thing, boy. These bow hunters, because they will not. You might come for the rifle on at least for a couple of days, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, if his but son he, gets a tag, then. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure try. Michael wouldn't be there for a whole week. No, he probably couldn't be with football and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. be there for opening day. Well, yeah. I mean, I would try to make it to at least till Wednesday, ideally. So the, well, I guess we could have him do it then. But so when he loses with the archery one um he would have to pay up by that wednesday right or else he'd have to do the mile yeah. before he left i can run and, a mile no problem and i don't know 
<laughs> I don't know. I found out I've been blaming gout for the last couple of years, and I might just have a flat left foot. That oh is God. so sad. I mean, I definitely have gout too, but like, I, I, my oh, left foot no, is dude. just always in pain, and mm-hmm. now they're thinking it's just a little flat. Pick one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm trying to get a podiatry appointment. <laughs> Yeah, get some test results on that. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. But I'm saying for like Kyle and Sam, if they don't, if they don't pay up, right, and they don't do the run, they have to jog two miles at home, and they have to Facetime us. Hey, or what's do a the, Skype call what's when the, they're jogging? What's the pay up? What's the pay up? Just camp like you're. Taking I think it's care. a fifth. Oh, it's a fifth or a half gallon, half gallon, half gallon from each person. Each person. So you're going to oh. end up with a few. But so, one of them has to be a half gallon of BBB. So only it, one of them. Is it based off of uh, biggest buck, first buck? Is there those kind of stipulations? I mean, I need to see this contract. Um, well, so it's going to be based off of what we say. Okay. Yeah, whatever you guys put down. <laughs> yeah. I just, what no, we no, do- no, like the size. Like we're just going to, like, it's just going to be like line them up and be like, ah, I think that one's bigger. So is it the five-fingered sign on this contract? Do you know what that means? Mm-mm. So that means you put your whole hand over the contract, and then you say, with your other hand, sign here. So it's one of those kind of deals. You're blocking where I just the, sign it, but I can't actually fine read it. Print. No, you, no, you can read it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you can read it. They're funny. Yeah. I have it on my phone. I could read yeah. it right now. Yeah, it's yeah. a good contract. We spent yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. You, you really thought of out. all the details. Yeah. There's 13 to 15 rules yeah. on it. John, did you feel a little bit shortchanged this year? Is that why this had to get contractual? Well, I mean, because I won, well, I won that bet, but then I also won last year's big buck bet because I was the only one to shoot a buck. It wasn't big at all, but, but it automatically got you the dub. It, it, yeah, I won. And neither of them have paid up, him or his dad. But they keep saying is because it it was so small, like it doesn't count. But no proof. Where's the contract? Yeah, <laughs> this is the first contract we've ever had. Every yeah. other one is just. We also have this on audio. Yeah, now. this is yeah. proof right this here is... that I won two years in a row. No, dude, I don't even remember. And that. I have not received any payment for any of them. I have no recollection of those moments of time. Yeah. If you're out there, email in. Tell Term, Dylan. Terms and, and conditions are subject to change without notice. <laughs> Uh, did I delete? I deleted it. If you have flat feet and gout, you're automatically given a... Uh, That's uh, five inches added on to both sides. Yeah, what do they call it? A handicap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did start... Uh, we have a couple of those rules in there that we're, where we're adding. No, we removed them, actually. Yeah, but if you do, if we get two bucks that are too close um, in size where it's hard to judge... Um, we will be like the first person to shoot a coyote will win. That's good. I like yeah. predator control. Throw that predator out there. Control. I, uh, anything. there's more stories we could have obviously told about this hunting trip. Uh, we didn't really even talk about black at all this year. I also had a little pheasant hunt we were going to talk about, but we've already gone for quite a while and people, we probably lost a lot of people on this one. 99%. You know, just, man. We, we went pretty deep into the minutia, but that, you know, it was a hunt that I had a great time. There's some stuff we'll talk about it uh, on Jake's uh, podcast that went a little awry with my pickup that let me go back over. And, and so we'll, we'll talk about some of those situations that occurred. But good hunting trip all in all. And we came, we filled all three tags. We got meat in the freezer. 
had some experiences and uh, it gets you excited. Once you get over there though, cause we've talked about, Hey, maybe we should go back to our roots. And you know, like my dad's 72, your grandpa's probably in his late sixties. 70. Did he hit 70? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. 70, 71. Yeah. So that's my uncle Billy. And then uncle Charlie is a little bit behind him, but they're, you know, they're getting older and it's, we love to be around those guys. And so it's like, Hey, maybe we need to mix it up a little bit and go to an area where we can draw a tag every couple of years or something and uh, spend some more time with those guys, learning from them and just hanging out with them. But it's really hard to give up this hunting that we've kind of developed over the years. So we can always go back though. That's true. And I mean, definitely next year, you know, it's oh, next year's going to be a blast. There's going to be some opportunities. Guys, just go ahead and pay up now. You're looking at the next champ. Yeah, maybe I'll get a trophy going, you know, that can be passed around. Like a really yeah, nice we should. One. That'd be fun, actually. Yeah, because that'll be probably the only part of the bet that would ever get paid up, mm-hmm. no matter what. Just passing the, tro- just oh, be the trophy. I'll guarantee you no one's going to pay up, and no one's going to jog either. I'll jog. The jog for everybody. I like Yeah, knees. so you have to do six miles. I'm a big exercise guy. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, but then we can tell. His flat foot is going to act up. I'm going to have it fixed by then. Mm. They're gonna put a whole. So bio- he's gonna be on crutch. My whole left leg <laughs> is gonna be bionic by ne- next hunting season. <laughs> we need to get your dad's hip fixed too. That might. Yeah, be we good. do. Especially, dude. The most wild thing you've ever said was you would carry a hind quarter and a front shoulder of an elk out of the Hell's Canyon. That was wild. Also, <laughs> you and my dad both said that, and my dad's hip is dislocated. So. He has to put it in every few feet. Yeah, it's insane you guys to believe that you guys can do that. Yeah, he had a hard enough time just walking up out of the canyon coming from Sam's Dude, buck. he won't even carry his gun Yeah, when he's walking. Like, he goes, hey, can you hold this? Like, he's going to tie his shoe, then he just kind of just takes just off. Going. And you're like, hey, oh, okay. the one thing about your dad, and we'll save this story for Jake, the details of it, but when he thought he was going to get run down by an Angus cow, I've never seen that man. <laughs> I mean, he smoked Jake to the pickup. I mean, he did have a maybe, I don't know, 10 yards on Jake. But still. But still, Jake's a young, spry 19-year-old, and your dad smoked him. I've also him. beat Jake in a race over there, too. So, it's I mean, Jake's not the quickest. He's yeah, a, but you're also not 50, though, you know what I mean? That's true. And I we, got good hips. We did uh, pace Jake in the pickup, though. And what did we clock him at? About 17 miles an hour? Four. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jake, you're going to have to get on here and, and, and we, tell us the real story. I'm pretty sure yourself. we were going the opposite way, too, and he just still wouldn't catch us. He just couldn't get to the front of the pickup ever. Yeah. He he, he looks like he was moving pretty quick. No, he did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he did quick. break his femur not that long ago. Uh, it's been long enough, though. Yeah. But anyway, well, it's good to see you, boys. Uh, it took too long. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, Johnny... Got an OAP hat for his guide service, so I did pay up on that finally yep. today. At least so. somebody pays up. That's somebody part cares. of my payment. Is that OAP nope. hat? That wasn't on yeah. the contract. Yeah, so he's rocking it. It's looking good on him. But Dylan looks wide awake and ready to go blacktail hunting, so we're going to go. could sleep right now. We're going to go find a giant buck. Yay. So he's excited about it. <laughs> All right, boys. Next time. Have a good rest of your day.